Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. There's a bunch of deer in my backyard. Oh, no. oh dear. They're <laughs> looking at me. What are they up to? They're, uh, they're, they're usually there at some point every day, just, you know, eating grass or whatever. Pointing with two fingers at your eyes, and then at their <laughs> eyes, and then back at your eyes. Yeah. I think all of our neighbors have dogs, so ours is the only yard where no one will come out and, like, yell at them until they leave. So they just are happy to hang out here, which is great, because they're very cute. Until you start growing plants, and then they eat all your plants. Eh, that's fine. I don't need plants. Mm. What am I doing with plants? What am I, some kind of queen of Sheba? (laughs) You're making (laughs) oxygen and breathing it. Well, so so are these deer. (laughs) Yeah, that's what deer do. That's true. What if you want a delicious tomato in the summer, though? Yeah, I mean, if I ever put in, like, a vegetable bed, I'll probably put a fence around it. Mm, It'll be fine. In case the vegetables Hopefully. get sleepy, make that vegetable bed. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> oh, they'd be so cute. Like, little Muppet vegetables all tucked in. Oh, mm-hmm. oh I'm imagining it now. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is the worst part of the Muppet Christmas Carol, <laughs> is when they're selling food off of the vendors' carts in uh, Piccadilly Circus or wherever. Yeah. And uh, they start the vegetables start singing. Because, mm-hmm. like, people are eating them. We, we <laughs> see people eating those vegetables <laughs> around them. I don't it's mind it, because... The Muppets have set up this idea, you know, from the start, that they are characters playing characters in a movie that you are watching. So Mm -hmm. they were just, like, cast to be the vegetables. They're not really getting eaten. Yeah, of course. But, like, what what happens to them in real life? (laughs) There's that one part where an urchin steals an apple and he yells, help, I'm being stolen, and that (laughs) genuinely haunts me. (laughs) I love it. It also adds to the fantastical nature that there's, like, fucking tomatoes and bananas and stuff in there, which would not be available in London in the winter. Yes, that's true. I do think, like, on one hand, I'm like, how is this world such that people give a shit about Scrooge when there's talking vegetables around? Yeah. Like, how is everyone not just like, holy shit, talking vegetables? But then I'm like, is this... Are we meant to believe that everyone in this world has always lived in a world where there are talking vegetables so that that's just not mm. worth commenting on anymore? No, you can't. But this guy, you this crazy banker is so greedy, they say. Hmm? You can't apply logic to it. It's impossible. Mm. <laughs> no, it's impossible. And then you cut my hand off. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Is it possible that in the Muppets universe, every inanimate object could, has the potential to be a Muppet? Ooh, I like I'm that. i say yes, because it, like, you could make the case, sort of, that a cabbage could somehow be a creature on its own, but a cake? That's an assemblage of things, and some of those are sentient, too. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. I thought the direction you were going to go was mentioning the time Mark Hamill was on The Muppet Show, and so was his cousin Luke Skywalker. Oh, uh, no. Also played by him. <laughs> no! Which pulls the Muppets and the real world into the Star Wars universe, or vice versa. So did he travel forwards in time a lot? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, time dilation, FTL stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we don't know what happened to him during those years when he was growing a beard and becoming a weird hermit, so maybe he... Guest start on The Muppet Show. <laughs> wormholed forward in time hundreds of thousands of years. Yep. 
Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Right, right, uh, right after meeting Grogu and the Mandalorian, he mm-hmm. he travels to Earth to guest star on the Muppet Show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and after meeting them, he sees all those talking cakes and stuff. He's like, "This is fine, <laughs> whatever." <laughs> he's like, "You know what? I'm out of here. This sucks. <laughs> I want to go back to where the Muppets are spookier." Yeah, there were no puppets back in my world. Oh no. <laughs> He has. Uh, he drops his coffee cup and realizes everyone he's ever met was a muppet. On the, it's a coffee cup that's in the shape of Baby Yoda's head. Yeah, it keeps cutting back and forth between the coffee cup spilling, falling, spinning, slow motion, and like that little. And then that the little coffee f- cup has a mouth on top of it and says, <laughs> "Oh no, I'm falling." Yep, perfect. Oh man, <laughs> who are the main? Who are one... the main Muppets of Star Wars? Yoda uh, for sure. Yeah, definitely okay. Yoda. Um, Yoda's like the Kermit the Frog of Star Wars. Yes, Chewbacca. Ooh, mm, yes, I like <laughs> this. Yes, I would consider Chewbacca a like full costume Muppet. Yeah, he's a Sweetums. He's yeah. the Sweetums of the Star Wars universe. Now, this does is it matter? Be I want. I want to say that the two robots, our two friendly robots, are also Muppets. Ooh, interesting. Now, I'm wondering. Does anything in the first movie count? Like, was the Henson Workshop involved in that first Star War, or were they brought on for the sequels? Well, Frank Oz There's is no involved. Way to know. What are you saying? Frank Oz is not think... in. St- Yoda appears in the second movie. Oh, I thought you meant the first, the entire first trilogy. Okay. No, no, no. The first, the first movie itself. So, like, with mm. the robots, Yoda absolutely counts. But would Chewbacca and the robots count without the involvement of Henson Studio? Who made all them fucked up uh, aliens in that bar? That was, I think, a bunch of Halloween costumes at the movie studio. I'm not joking. Mm, that is what that would explain why there's a devil in there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so very it's just like Spider Man. You say, <laughs> yeah. It's very funny how much of that movie, when you find out like what the stuff is made of, you're like, oh, that's not interesting at all. Yeah. That's, yeah, when that, that guy's running through the, one of the hallways in a later movie, and they have proof that that's a 1970s popcorn machine. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, like, container that's become, like, an important yes. piece of Star Wars lore. It's like an ice cream holder or something. <laughs> yes, that's it. There's a different popcorn thing. But yes, yeah. yes, the, the canister of an ice cream maker. Yes, I love that. Uh, that's. I think that's the best part about mystery science theater for me is that mm-hmm. they did the robots that way too where it's you can yes. tell what objects they're made out of it's odd it's because that's all because of joel robinson's history as a prop comic and not a great one you're getting <laughs> and, uh, you're getting into luke skywalker being mark hamill's cousin territory because you mean joel hodgson and his uh, cousin is joel robinson yeah sorry about that <laughs> Uh, that's a fr- um, that's a fun thing when a character just has a different last name than the actor, but the same first that's name. Been, that's been all of the hosts of Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, can I make an argument that the most important puppet in Star Wars, and you guys aren't going to like this, I know you're going to yell at me the second I say it, but I have to say Carrie it. Carrie Fisher. Is Darth Vader. Hmm. Yes. I'm going to say yes. Interesting. I accept... Okay, good. He has to put we don't all even his... need to talk about it, then. <laughs> he has to put all his acting into his movements and then a different guy's voice. Yeah. Exactly. Someone yeah. is operating yeah. the Darth Vader from inside. Mm-hmm. The Darth Vader is coming from inside the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's very big. I would notice him. 
You'd think that, but he wears very dark clothes. Yeah, that's true, but I have lights in my house. I could turn them on. <laughs> that's true. And then he's just standing there like, uh, <laughs> I didn't think you'd do that. I'll, I'll go. Uh, do he some... use his force powers to turn your lights back off, or do they not work in this world? I don't know, because he only uses the dark side of the force. Can he affect lights? Of course. Mm. Does he lose his power under our Earth's yellow sun, though? Ooh, this is a good question. Yeah. No, that is true. <laughs> okay, yeah. Has there ever been a reference to the planet Krypton in Star mm, Wars? Good question. Probably not, because Star Wars comics in the 70s were published by Marvel, and now they're owned by the same parent company. So, like, they've done crossovers with Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. but Krypton's a DC stuff. Mm-hmm. Huh. I don't know. I also don't know where Earth is or which galaxy is the Star Wars galaxy. It's here. Mm. It's right under me. Yeah. Under I you? Well, where are you? <laughs> God. This is where you drop your coffee cup and realize that you were on Earth the whole time. <laughs> oh. Scream, oh, you did it! No. You maniacs! You blew it up! <laughs> and the, the thing about the coffee cup that tells you that you're on Earth is that it's falling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Very good. <laughs> I think that's the only time we've ever had an applause break on this show. I'm very proud of myself. Ah, <laughs> uh, fun. Oh, man. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, aside Louisa, from... what did you... Oh, yeah. Nope. No, go for Louisa, it. Louisa, what did you do this week? Aside from thinking about Muppets. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh... I knew you were going to want to talk about Star Wars, Jeff, because of The Mandalorian, and I'm glad that it went in a Muppety direction. Oh yeah, I I don't want to uh, make anyone suffer through my direct Star Wars talk. I will uh, always try to align it with something else. Mm-hmm. The Muppets is like that lead vest you put on when you're at the dentist to prevent the radiation from cooking all your organs. <laughs> yeah, I, it's the uh, silent protector meme, and this podcast is the sleeping child, and the soldier is labeled the Muppets. Yeah, <laughs> that's more accurate than I would care to admit. <laughs> All the bullets, uh, the all the bullets are any situation. They're the uh, ripcord. <laughs> all the bullets are labeled Star Wars. <laughs> uh, uh, what did I do? I've been working more on uh, my miniature, which I mentioned. I think I mentioned my intention to start it, but I don't think I've talked about it since. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, it does sound. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go on. It does sound when you say I've been working on my miniatures. I mean, I've seen them and they're very cool, but it sounds like you're like one of those very sad middle-aged <laughs> yeah. men at a train store buying like, oh, I need more bushes to put next to the post office on my miniature yeah, train. You're doing a See, welcome to Marwin. You're out of date, Matt. That reference, that's nobody anymore. What you mean is the Doubtful. sad men who buy... $50 miniatures from Warhammer that are already made and then you just paint them, but you buy super expensive paints. Here's the thing. Everyone I know who does that is extremely cool and well-liked. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I see a lot of tech bros online who literally talk about nothing but computer programming and how they just bought a new bottle of, and it will literally be like black acrylic paint that's been watered down so you can use it for uh, doing black washes on things. Yeah, a wash, yeah. But you buy it pre-made, and it costs like $12 for a little bottle. You can buy fucking black paint at the dollar store and put some tech, water in it. Tech bros are really cool. Said. Louisa, yeah. tech bros are cool and well-liked. 
If only they could program a computer to paint their miniatures for them, you know what I mean? Some of them kind of are with those 3D printers. They're like, oh, look at this Look at this thing I made. It's like, uh, you didn't make it. You went online and found someone who was selling you like a Baby Yoda uh, 3D model, and then you just hit print. I right. do. You're, you're saying this in a tone that is very dismissal, yeah. but Louisa, you were late, five minutes late to recording because you couldn't turn your computer on, so... <laughs> That's not I, what happened. It is, a, it is something that you need a skill to be able to do, I think. I have a full-color 3D print uh, D&D figurine of my uh, my character from our pirate campaign. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty cool. You know what I don't want to do? Sit there with a microscope trying to steady my hand to paint with a single horse hair. Yeah. Uh, to get into Here's all those thing, little though. cracks and crevices. But you know what I like? Here's... Having a little figure of that pirate. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. I do. I have so many dumb hobbies that I like half acidly commit to and then don't do a very good job of. <laughs> if these guys are going to be monomaniacally obsessed with doing a perfect job on this thing that I don't care about, I think that that's probably fine. Yeah, I guess what bothers me is how often it's the same type of people who, if you said, Oh darn, my app isn't working. They would be like, why don't you program a new app? It's super easy. Why don't you just do it, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you? <laughs> yeah. But those Coward. same guys are like, so, no, 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 I need to buy the official Warhammer watered-down black paint. I couldn't possibly make my own. <laughs> it's like, ah, try a little uh, self-made stuff in something other than computer programming, though. No. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think no? we all have those limits, though, right? I do I want to learn do. more coding, though. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I think we do, but I also think... That we shouldn't. If I were to just paint a miniature I'd bought, that might be fun, but I don't think I would show that off to people, because I would be kind of embarrassed that I hadn't made it. Mm. Does that mm. make sense? So you do show off the miniatures that you paint but didn't make. Mm, you, so you've far, not... You've modified them. Yes. But you don't craft them I'm... from scratch. You dropped a Hemi in there so now they can really go. <laughs> yeah, you put a nitrous so that you can make the house explode faster or whatever. <laughs> Yo, dog. We heard you like miniatures, so we put a miniature in your miniature so you can miniature while you miniature. Yay. Wow, you, but you don't have to. Thing. It's not like a um, one of those Gundam kits where you put it together. I feel like those are more doing something, you know? Yeah, and, that's true. Gunpla is a whole different hobby, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but what I get, uh, like, flat sheets of things that are meant to be a bookcase, and then I have to put them together into a bookcase, so mm-hmm. to me that's And when I get fitted sheets, I can never fold them, you guys, am I right? Who cares? Just buy one set, clean it, put it back on the bed, you never have to fold it ever. Yeah, but then if something happens to that one set, you're fucked, you can never sleep again. Yeah, what if you throw up on mm. it? What if you accidentally get a hole in it, which happens all the time, and then you're like, well, fuck. Yeah, like you have a really my, horny dream. Now my your sweaty body is just right against the mattress in this one spot. <laughs> no, you just, That's you good. deal with it, and then in the morning you go and buy some new sheets. You have to have a mattress cover. You said you, said you deal with it yeah. as if that is telling you how to deal with it, but it's not. <laughs> to deal with it, you go, I'm not going to think about this tonight, and then you fall asleep. On your hole? Yeah. Ew. I don't want to fall asleep on a hole. How horrible do you think your mattress is that you can't bear to touch a little bit of it? It's not the mattress that's the horrible part of this equation, Louisa. It's my body. Put a towel down, then. You can deal with this. 
What if your leg gets through that oh, hole man. while you're sleeping? Oh my god. So <laughs> you're saying you wake yeah. up with dreams of being eaten by a Sarlacc Star Wars. So what Ooh, you're saying the Sarlacc is, a Muppet. Yes. yes. Okay. It's one of those big rubber it Muppets. It burps, right? Yeah. It does a burp? Mm, the Sarlacc yes. is the biggest Muppet in Star Wars. Ooh. Is it the biggest Muppet uh, ever? Did the Jim Henson Creature Shop make the worms for Dune? Probably not. Okay. Was the animal at the end of the Muppet movie, when he drank that potion mm. or whatever, was he taller mm. than a Sarlacc is big underground? I don't know. Yes. No, he wasn't, and also okay. that was that was just movie magic bullshit. Oh, okay. So he that wasn't count? real, like okay. the Sarlacc is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also wondering about how actually involved any of the Henson Company is in Star Wars. Yeah. Well, uh, at one point they were quite heavily, weren't they? I mean, I think once once the the CGI stuff yeah. started getting heavier. They were like, we don't need this. We I don't find I don't, other work. I don't think they were very strongly involved at all. Like from what I can tell, Frank Oz played Yoda. Jim Henson helped make Yoda. And that's about it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like who made, um, uh, fat, fat, slug man. fat Tony. <laughs> yeah. Who made fat Tony slug man? Uh, what's I, his name? Jabba the Hutt? Jabba, Jabba, yeah, that's the one. I think that it might have just been, like, cobbled together teams of puppeteers and not, like, a studio of Henson people. It was just a deflated waterbed. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't even put anything on it. Your imagination puts eyes and a mouth on it, but it's not there. Yeah, when you look at it with different lighting, it's just a a sack of flour on an old mattress. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so how do so we anyway. slide back down into, the, into this Sarlacc pit to talk about Muppets again? Uh, I don't <laughs> know, but we need to activate our jetpack to escape the pit. <laughs> get our own You're Disney Plus series. You're working on miniatures. Yeah. yeah. So, my little miniature room, which is meant to be a studio for a... Hmm, all of the kits from this company called Row Life have names, and they'll be like Katie's Kitchen or whatever. So this is Jimmy's Studio. And we don't know who Jimmy is, of course, but he makes miniatures. Oh, he might be. He makes miniatures, though. So within this miniature room, you get some other miniature rooms. And I've had a lot of fun turning those into, like, Lovecraftian things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I made reference to... he's obsessively creating these other universes and it's driving him mad. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping this studio at the end... I'm forgetting about Jimmy. Jimmy doesn't exist. This is going to be an office in Miskatonic University. So. That's very cruel to Jimmy the Mouse. <laughs> he went into another universe where he's happy now. Hmm. We, uh, we must okay. imagine Jimmy happy. <laughs> Louisa, you don't like uh, movies that are scary or gross, right? Right. Yes, correct. Okay. Because I was going to suggest, if you want to do fun Lovecraft stuff, the Reanimator series of films adapts the like weird grossness of Lovecraft extremely well. Yeah, I found out, uh, I, I didn't know that, but I was when I was looking at his short stories, one of them was called Reanimator. I'm like, that's weird. And then it's like, this was turned into the movie, Reanimator. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah okay. Starring Jeffrey Combs <laughs> and a bunch of tentacles. <clears throat> and a bunch of combs. Hmm. So it's what what's nice is sometimes when you <clears throat> decide to do something in visual arts based on a writer's work, you find out they don't really describe a lot of you know, um, memorable objects and stuff. That could be annoying. 
but Lovecraft really does. He's always like, and this person went in their dream state to the, uh, the dimension of the Elder Gods, and he, he broke off part of a, uh, uh, a banister that was shaped like a carving, like one of them. You're like, okay, that's a thing. I could put that in the room, sure. Yeah, that's pretty much all he does, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> So I'm very excited about that, and I've got lots of little reference things, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like I've said before, what I love about miniatures is how many different things there are to do. So I make stuff with resin, which you have to pour and then set, and I make stuff with clay, which you sculpt, and then I've drawn, I've made some like tiny paintings. I've got one of a Cthulhu coming out of the ocean near a lighthouse. And yeah, so I'm super enjoying all my tiny little things. I love how quick it is to work on miniatures, because if you're making a little painting, you're going to be done in 10 minutes no matter what, because there's not a lot of ground to cover. And whether you fuck it up or not, that's the tricky part. But either way, 10 minutes is done. If you want to get majorly internet famous, Louisa, you should start making miniatures of like the the death scenes in in mystery novels, like the crime scenes. Wasn't yeah, make a... a make a diorama of the Telltale Heart. Yeah, yeah, I've thought about that. I thought about maybe doing a Poe room because he does have a lot of you know it's like memorable the, objects like as the well. Simpsons. Yeah, yes, I know, I know about Simpsons? that with a metronome under the floorboards. Yes, <laughs> um, wasn't there a series of novels or movies where someone was doing miniatures of a crime scene and then it came true, something like that? Uh, I know uh, in Hereditary, Tony Collette's character yeah. does miniatures, uh, and one of them is a miniature of one of her like family members having like the place where they died. Hmm. Um, and like, I mean, when... in real life, we've we've talked about this before, but in real life, there was a person who made miniatures to train police officers in how to do deductive reasoning in the forties. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> I feel like. Uh, some, someone like Hannibal, maybe not related to that, but someone like Hannibal would leave, like, little miniatures of the crime scene at the crime scene, and, like, the murder was done exactly like the miniature. Ooh. That'd be cool, but, it, I mean, you'd have to make yeah. the miniature ahead of time, yeah. and then what if something <laughs> unexpected happened at the, well, while you were doing the murdering? They or... got a new couch, and you're so angry, you can't believe they would get a new couch. You yeah. don't do the miniature ahead of time, but you plan your murders such that you'll have, like, 12 hours alone at the crime scene afterward. Uh-huh. Mm. Pretty good. But you it can't be Hannibal, he already has it. a thing, he has his thing. I was going to say, you for, during that 12 hours, you get tired, you decide to watch some TV, you forget what you were working on, you fall asleep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they find you there uh, with a bunch of popsicle sticks. <laughs> yeah, you leave a note next to a pile of pipe cleaners that just says, Policeman, I gave you none of the clues. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun. <clears throat> yep. So I'm hoping that I will be done that soon. I'm running into a problem that I have with these types of models, which is I don't want to like glue anything into place until I make all the other things that might interact with it so it's hard to know what to do next like what the next Mm. step is so do you do a design ahead of time before you start building I do if I'm working entirely from scratch but with these rooms that have furniture I'm mostly building the furniture and then deciding what to do around it fucking it it up with your twisted perspective (laughs) yeah uh, oh, you should do an Alice uh, one. Wonderland. America McGee's Alice. Is that a... Wait, that can't be right. American McGee is the name of the person who made the messed up Alice. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. No, do a normal American Alice. McGee? Yeah. That's, that's... A, that's the name? Hmm. Yeah. 
bad. I don't know why his name is that. <clears throat> is he American? His yeah, his name is American James McGee. Like the, his oh, he was born in Dallas, Texas. That explains it. <laughs> uh, that also explains why he's so twisted. Yeah. Uh, his mom was a hippie. He explains. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's kind of fun to not have a specific place in mind. Like if you were going from a book and you're like, you know, this is uh, we were talking about mysteries. And this is like Jessica Fletcher's study, or she writes her novels. You would have to look at references and be like, okay, I want to get this exactly right. But because I'm yeah. just trying to do kind of Lovecraft, I have more freedom there, which is nice. Have you considered trying to get these models that you've made in some kind of art show? Yeah, but I've never found any good leads on that that aren't depressing. <laughs> Could you just go to a museum and like mm. slam a model on the, the counter in front of the information desk and be like, I need to talk to your top man right now. <laughs> See, I feel like that's too noticeable. I need to become a cat burglar, break in at night, and just put mm -hmm. my miniatures on display. What did those cats ever do to Why you? Why are all of your miniature fantasies revolving around committing crimes? <laughs> I mean, that's the dream, right? To be able to commit crimes? And do miniatures? Yeah. I mean, I want I mean, to do that, crimes. That's I just more, don't understand. Yeah, that's a more specific dream for me, doing the miniatures part, but everyone wants to commit crimes. Is this yeah, what they mean true. when they say, be gay, do crimes? Yeah. Pro now, I'm okay. going to say no. I'm going to say they don't mean break into a museum at night to install miniatures. They didn't say witch crimes, Louisa. <laughs> Ooh, witch true. crimes would be a good genre Ooh. of crime to do. <laughs> yes, I like this. You curse people, you make potions. Is cursing people a crime? Ooh, in which law it is. It has to be assault, right? If you oh no, salt, salt would prevent the curse. <laughs> damn, same joke. Damn, damn. Yep. Good job, everyone. Uh, Alright, very good, great. yes. <clears throat> Matt, what did you do this week? I have been cracking into a new game that came out this week that I've been talking about for months that I'm very excited about. It is Octopath Traveler 2. Yay! Um... It is the sequel to Octopath Traveler, a game that I bounced off of the first time I played it, and then I played it again and really loved it. And this game is, so far, I feel like better in every way than the original. Oh, wow. Um, it, has, it has addressed the issue that I had with the first one, which is that the story ends up being very cookie cutter, mm -hmm. where like as you're introduced to each, each character, you're like, okay, so this character is, you know... He's going to encounter a, a secret corruption, so then I have to use his special ability to uh, uncover what it is and then fight through a dungeon to unlock him. And, like, everything always happened in the same formula. Mm -hmm. This one is a lot less formulaic. Um, and okay. also there's a day-night mechanic, which really mixes the mechanics of the game up. Like, for instance, I started the game with uh, the thief character, and during the day... Her special ability is assassinating people. No, during the at day? night her okay. special ability is assassinating <laughs> people. Yeah, that makes a lot more people. sense. And during the day her special ability is picking pockets. Okay, <clears throat> pretty good. Um, so it, it's very, it's a lot more, there's a whole extra layer on there of like, do I want to murder or steal? Mm -hmm. um, well, why not por qué lo no estos? Well, sometimes mm. you do have to do those, that but you have to lot. do them in the yeah, right order because you can't pickpocket somebody who's been murdered. You can. You, it's much is easier. It easier? 
<laughs> now, something that bothered me in the first game was I had a bit of FOMO because there's so many things you can do that you'd talk to a guy and he'd be like, oh, I can't sell you my amazing sword. No way. And you know that if you talk to him using a different character with a high enough level of some kind of skill, you could get him to sell it to you. Do they still have a bunch of stuff like that? There are those, like, side questy things, but they do a little bit of a better job about um, making it explicit what you need to make the thing happen. Oh, that's good. Um, for instance, like, if you're stealing stuff from, like... There's a quest where you need to get a certain number of candles in order to do a religious ceremony for the cleric character. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways you can do that is by picking people's pockets. Um, So I was trying to complete that side quest, and there's a guy who had a bunch of candles, but it's like, you need to be at least level 15 to pick this guy's pocket. So I'm like, okay, I know how to solve this side quest, but I'm not ready yet. I need to come back here when I'm level 15. So that's a lot... I feel like that makes me at least feel less like I'm missing out because I understand what I need, what I don't have right now, and how to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. I might, I might want to play this game. I don't know. Uh, Did you play the uh, the mobile game, the Octopath Traveler, like Interquel that was released between these? No, I did not. I heard that it was not. It was a a step down from the original game. Hmm. Yeah, that that seems likely. But I haven't heard yeah. much about it, so I was wondering if you, the biggest I think I looked at it. I know. <laughs> I think I looked at it once and it cost like $30, and I was like, I don't even really want to play this. I'm certainly not going to pay that much for this. Square's pricing on mobile versions of their games is kind of crazy. Like, you have yes. to pay $20 to get a not-that-great port of Chrono Trigger on your phone. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. That game came yeah. out... Almost twenty, almost thirty years ago. Yes, it's very bizarre that Square thinks that they can just continue to sell their stuff for full price forever when no other game. I guess Nintendo does that too. Yeah, don't they all but get away with it? Nintendo's phone games were all free to play. Yeah, at least. Well, but they didn't do like a re-release of Metroid on your, your phone. <laughs> yeah. If they did, I bet they'd charge you twenty dollars for it. <laughs> they're weird. They're weirdly stingy with uh, their yeah. old games. Like the 3DS yeah. shop, I think just shut down or is shutting down very shortly. Um, yeah. Is like, but like, wh- why? Why is it? <laughs> Like, none of that stuff's been made available anywhere else. You can't go uh, buy a Game Boy game except on the 3DS. Right. I was disappointed yeah, I, that their, I, their phone game of Dr. Mario, I played it literally every day for a couple minutes for oh, two right, years. They shut it down. And then they just shut it down. I guess they didn't want to develop any new levels, but man, I still miss that game. Hmm. I, I wish that there was a space in mobile games for just, like, a game. Where it's a whole game, and you buy it, yeah. and you play it, and you don't have to pay more money or watch ads. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, I think that if if a company like a Nintendo or a Sony or a Microsoft did a thing where they were like, Hey, all of the games that came out for PlayStation 1 are bullshit now, so you can have them all for 99 cents a piece, you just have to download them, like, come to this store... Pay 99 cents, you can have any PS1 game you want. People would go fucking crazy, they would love you for it, and they would give you money hand over fist. 
I mean, that's kind of what uh, the subscription services are doing, right? Game Pass is doing it well, and PlayStation Plus is yeah. doing it kind of mid to poor. Uh, Nobody but wants those don't, those don't even have. Those are like, like PlayStation Plus is like you can play PS3 and PS4 games a little bit, not all of them, not even most of them, just some of them. They have a I'm bunch saying... of PS2 games on there now, though. I think that's their like appeal in that direction. I guess so. I'm just saying, like, for the ones that are older than anyone cares about, just for the sake of, like, preservation and, like, nostalgia for people, just let me buy fucking, I don't know, Jade Cocoon for 99 cents. Who gives a shit? Yeah, what if I want to play Parasite Eve 2? Yeah, Parasite Eve rocks. Was there a Parasite Eve 2? There was. Okay, good. There was, yes. It was pretty good. It wasn't as good as the original, though. Um... I mean, the problem is that if you don't do that, people are going to just emulate everything, which is what everyone, including myself, does. But well, I think... if they were just like, here's here's everything we own, you can have it for a dollar a piece, people would go crazy for it. I think a lot more of them have decided that they could have a library of everything they own and instead charge you a dollar a month, and they would yeah. much rather do that forever than let you have individual That would be things. fine, too! I would be on board with that, but they don't do that. Like, they Nintendo is like... Yeah. Nintendo is like, give me $100 a year and you can have access to this back catalog of, I counted the other day, 32 Nintendo games. <laughs> uh-huh. Fuck off! Yeah. <laughs> Just put them all on there! Yeah, what if I want to play Bioforce Ape? Give it yeah, to me, like, cowards. Can you imagine if the next Nintendo Direct was like, hey, we've realized that we're being real assholes about this. You can now play every NES game ever created on your Switch today mm. if you subscribe. Some of those games did not earn the Nintendo Seal of Quality, though, so no. Well, okay, every <laughs> Nintendo Seal of Quality game. Yeah. It's it's really weird because, like, that when they sold them individually for, like, 3 to $7, depending on the system... Like in the Wii and Wii U era, every yes. everybody bought them. Everybody bought them like crazy. They yeah. sold gangbusters, and you—they didn't even have to do anything. Somebody cracked open the WiiWare, the virtual console version of Super Mario Brothers, and in the code they saw the like signature of the person who had ripped the ROM in like 1995. Like Nintendo just downloaded the ROM from the internet and put it up for sale. That's they didn't a, have to yeah. do it. They didn't have to like get a cartridge or anything. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, you literally could. This is why I know marketing is all bullshit because companies are always trying to get like customer goodwill, but none of the people who work in marketing are ever just like, "Hey, all of these assets you own that are completely useless and you're not letting anyone buy, just give it to people." They'd love it. Yeah. And people would love you for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are afraid if they do something customers really want, they should be getting more out of it somehow that they're missing a trick and they don't know what to do there, you know? It's it is weird to me how little most companies value being liked. Yeah. Yeah, it's very I mean, that's interesting. not important anymore. They just have to get, you know, venture capitalists to like them. They don't have to get customers to like them. I've been worried about that with Nintendo since they went public yeah. because they seem to care. Like, their main thing has, for most of our lives, been 
we want to Yoshi. We, yeah, their main thing has been Yoshi. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're Yoshi. Stick his tongue to stuff, uh, and yeah. if people demand more Wario, we give them Yoshi. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this is true. <laughs> but like their their whole thing is like we want to give the people fun experiences like the most fun even if it's not necessarily the thing that loudmouths are asking for which has been frustrating to us as loudmouths yeah but now it feels a little like there is a little more creeping in of that like we have to keep investors happy stuff because they do have investors now who's the head guy who's been their head guy forever uh nintendo no they've had different ones yeah, but I'm thinking about how Doug when Bowser. everyone's like, you know, this game is real successful. Why on earth don't they just release a sequel? And instead, they're like, now there's a totally new adventure for Mario, and he's working in a dress shop. And you're like, why? Why would you do this? And it's because this one guy always wants to innovate instead of oh, Shigeru Miyamoto. Like. Is, that, is it him who does that? It's, anyway, it's probably him. <laughs> what happens when he's gone? Like, uh, then what? That'll be he's soon. already gone, isn't he? No, he works. He still works for Nintendo. He's <laughs> seventy years old. Oh, really? They'll never let him retire. <laughs> yeah, but he will die. Is the problem? And then what do they do? You know? Because sometimes I think they are right that we we think we want more of the same, but we don't actually. You know? Yeah, they've been right. Like when Breath of the Wild came <laughs> out, they were right. We didn't want a regular Zelda game yeah, anymore. That's we true. wanted this weird one. <laughs> But for every time that they're right, they're wrong for four years before that. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I would I would rather a, a swing for the fences and a strikeout than just a bunch of walks. That's what I'm saying, but it will be a bunch of walks when he's gone, right? They'll always make the know. safe choice, like every company. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. It yeah. feels like he's been training the next generation for a while now. Well, that's good. All I'm saying is... No one wants more Pikmin, right? <laughs> no, like, a lot of literally, do. no one on Earth a lot of likes people Pikmin. really love Pikmin. Why You're was absolutely so... wrong. Why was there so much like, Pikmin in the latest Nintendo Direct? I know! This is what I'm saying! Because people <laughs> are psyched the... for Pikmin 4! If you took the 75 minutes of Pikmin content from the last Nintendo Direct mm-hmm. and replaced it with 30 seconds of every SNES title ever made is available on your Switch today, mm-hmm. people would be like, you didn't ask me for any money, but I'm just mailing you a check for thousands of dollars. <laughs> <sighs> they should have had Nintendo Bitcoins, huh? <laughs> like the Mario <laughs> coins. 8-bit coins? Yes! Mario's already got lots of coins. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've played any of these games, but he's always picking up those things. They go up a ding. Yep. <laughs> Oh man, how much would even people we know would be like, yes, I must invest in this Nintendo Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, I would do that, even though it's stupid. Well, if you get a hundred of them, you get an extra guy. Yes. <laughs> uh, I've been wanting an extra guy my whole life. I've been on my last guy since I was born. <laughs> uh, I think I'll always love uh, Nintendo. So anyway, Octopath Traveler Yay! is pretty good. I might actually play this one. Okay. Are there new... I would suggest Louisa. Yeah. You 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 got the the first one, but didn't play it all the way through. Correct. I stopped like mm, twenty hours in, maybe. I would suggest if you're on the fence, start by trying to play Octopath Traveler one again and just skip all the story. Yes. Okay. If you like it, if you like playing the game, but the story is boring and stupid, 
Octopath Traveler 2 fixes a lot of the story problems and and iterates in a positive way on the mechanics. Hmm. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Um, um, so anyway, that's, uh, that's what I've been up to. I think that's about it. Oh, I just, I did want to recommend Jeff. I don't know if you've heard of this game called Aces and Adventures. Mm, it sounds like a card game. I it have is a card game. <laughs> it is a, uh, roguelike deck building game. Sorry. I'll be right back. Uh-oh. Oh no, Jeff's, Someone's what's happening? at my door. Oh God! He's he's uh, playing know. his escape card to get out of this conversation about card oh, games. No. <laughs> uh, card games. Um, wait, sorry, is this a video game or a card game? Sorry. I well, yeah, but this is a specific recommendation for Jeff, so I feel like yeah, I, should, I should wait till he comes. But back. I want to know more context. Is it a video game or a card game? It is a video game okay. of a card game. Okay, a real. And- the reason I wanted to recommend it to Jeff is because he shares my yeah. perversion for roguelike deck building games. A real Final Fantasy VII card game. Mm-hmm. A real, um, what was it called in that game? Yeah, what was it called? Oh, I hated that so much. Yep. I never understood it. They put that. They put card games in every Final Fantasy up until they put fucking Blitzball in Final Fantasy X, where you had to play like, underwater foosball for a yeah. hundred hours to get Waka's best weapon. Fucking stupid as shit. Yeah. Alright, tell me more about this uh, deck-building RPG with poker-powered combat. Yes. Okay, so you've already looked it up. I yeah. Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> I was just guessing. That's who came to his door, someone with the information for him. Yep. The Aces and Adventures developer. Oh, yeah. fully um, voiced. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just turned the vo- the voices off, which is fine. Um, it is a it, so you play this this game that is sort of run like a Dungeons and Dragonsy type thing, where there's like you're going through a deck, and each card is like you come to a crossroads where there is a traveler, and they have a thing you want to buy from them or steal from them or whatever. Um, and then when you make your choice, instead of rolling dice, you play poker to do combat or other activities Hmm. um and then your character gains abilities that's like transform one spade into any other suit or you know you can make a face card one higher or lower um so your character's deck of abilities grows as they level up and it makes it so that you can do more changes to the poker hand that you're playing um, it's very good. It's it's one of those games that is very fun to play while you're doing something else because it's mostly just playing poker. Um, but I know you like uh, roguelike deck building games as much as I do, Jeff. So I wanted to recommend it to you. Thank you. It's weird that it's become a genre, actually. But uh, it's so fucking good. Yeah. It's like insane how how many different areas of of like a strategic gamer's personality get ticked off by this one genre. Yeah, like I did another run through Slay the Spire the other day. I was mm-hmm. like, I could go for some Slay the Spire right now after 250 up, hours of it. I still fire up Monster Train, I don't know, maybe once a month, just for a little bit. It's great. It's still great every time. Delightful. Yep. Uh, anyway, Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, so I went... Uh, for a visit to the planet Navarro, uh, to hang out with my friends, the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, this is Navarro? an Avatar thing, yes? Uh, that's right. The planet 
the Dave Navarro. Yeah. The planet Dave Navarro. No, it's spelled different. Uh, like everything in Star Wars that sounds <laughs> okay. like one thing, it's spelled slightly different. Um, it's uh, season three of The Mandalorian now, and pretty good. Okay. I've heard people, uh, I think people like Andor so much that I've seen that they're, they kind of wish there was more Andor right now instead of more Mandalorian. Do you mm. feel like you're tired of Mandalorian at all or no? I think a lot of people like the Mandalorian and or mm-hmm. other Star Wars content. Yeah. Is that anything? Is that a joke? Mandor, no. Mandalorian. <laughs> okay. All um, right. I am. I was uh, cautiously optimistic because I think the first two seasons were good. Oh. I think that Boba Fett show kind of sucked, and the parts where it just became the Mandalorian season two point five were the best part, and even they weren't that great. Mm-hmm. Um, the, hold on, I'm so sorry. Yeah. There's another show that's about Boba Fett that's not the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boba Fett's not in very much of the Mandalorian. I understand that, but Boba Fett is a Mandalorian, right? Ish. It's complicated. This is this is stupid. <laughs> um, Why did they make another Boba Fett show? That's two Boba Fett shows. Yeah, it's really strange because the Mandalorian is just like, what if the character you imagined Boba Fett was off-screen after his eight minutes of time in those movies, like, got a whole thing to develop his character. Like, mm-hmm. that's a good idea. But, like, they made new characters for it. And then they kind of threw Boba Fett in there. And we yeah, already... This is what's confusing me. <laughs> we already had a guy who was doing all the Boba Fett stuff that we wanted, like being a ruthless bounty hunter and uh, developing a heart of gold. <laughs> And then, Having cute adventures with a puppet. Yeah. Then we put the uh, the real Boba Fett in there, and it was just kind of like, he goes to replace Jabba the Hutt as the crime boss on Tatooine. And, you know, it's nice for Tamora Morrison to get a paycheck, but uh, I don't know. He plays literally hundreds of thousands of characters in the Star Wars universe because he's all of the clones. So mm-hmm. you could just hire him to be one of those instead. I don't yeah. understand why so much of late era star wars content is about organized crime uh because that's fun <laughs> is it yeah like i re- i remember when i watched solo i think i was on a plane mm-hmm. best way to see it and I, yeah and it's how Ron i remember Howard thinking to see it I remember thinking about how good I thought everything in the movie was that wasn't the main plot. Right. Because the main plot is just, like, a C-tier mob movie. <laughs> I, uh, I thought everything in the movie besides it being about Han Solo was pretty good, and I wish they had yeah. mandalorian <laughs> it and made it about just some other guy yeah. who's basically the same thing. I really like the Woody Harrelson stuff, but right? because it's such a simplistic movie, as soon as Woody Harrelson is like, I like you, kid, I'm going to teach you some stuff, I'm like, okay, so Woody Harrelson's going to die near the end to give Han Solo some, like, uh, emotional development or some shit. Ugh. Yeah. Like, we already saw his arc. It happened in the movie Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where at the beginning, he ruthlessly guns down someone in cold blood, and then at the end, he returns unbidden to save his friends that he made. 
they weirdly like set up another movie that they need to make now between Solo and Star Wars where he learns to not have a heart of gold anymore for a while <laughs> before remembering to be good again. Yeah. They set up that movie sets up a lot of sequels that will never be made. Oh, of course not. Uh I think most of that stuff is being followed up in the comic books that I'm very far behind on. Mm. Like, Amelia Clark's not busy. They could just make a movie about Kira, and that would be fine. I think I would like that movie. I thought she movie. died. Did she not die in that movie? No, she survives. She's revealed to Does be... Does she turn into Jabba the Hutt? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, she falls into a time hole and turns into a big worm. Um, oh, she starts taking the spice melange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that does kind of throw you into a time hole. Damn. Um, and it turns you into a big worm. <laughs> yep. Weird. Anyway, I, um, I've been enjoying... I enjoyed this first episode of The Mandalorian because it doesn't have all of the, like, and here's uh, Ahsoka from the cartoons, and here's a CGI Luke Skywalker. It's just like, mm -hmm. it's Pedro Pascal and his little puppet walking around being like, okay. we gotta, I gotta, we just gotta do stuff. We're doing, we're going on our own little adventure. And like, they have a goal that's clearly the season long goal. And then like a bunch of complications. And I don't know. I like the, I like the sort of adventure show where the goal is simple, but there's a bunch of stuff that the characters have to do to get there. And then them getting interrupted doing that stuff or getting sidetracked to like, get enough money to enable them to do this stuff is the show. Yeah, that is pretty good. Yeah. So like he's go he he's just like I have to go to the planet Mandalore uh to go atone for my sins or whatever thing. And then he's like, "Hmm, but they bombed the hell out of it, the empire. So I don't know if it's there. I'm going to need a droid to navigate it." But as established in the previous two seasons, I don't trust droids. But there was one droid I trust, but he got exploded, so I guess I'll have to Jeff, fix him. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't, I have to interrupt you because you cannot recap the plot of The Mandalorian on this <laughs> I show or I it. will quit. No, no, it was just like, it's like, not even the plot, it's just sort of the like, setup of like, uh, a whole kind of tree series of misadventures. Exactly. Like, yes. like they made a whole episode out of just, him figuring out what he could do to go do the thing he wants to do, and then the next episode is not going to be him doing that thing. It's going to be him doing, like, the first thing to help him go do the thing. Hmm. Now... I don't know why. I enjoy Star Wars fine. I don't have any particular love for it, but I think it's fine. I tried so hard to watch The Mandalorian. Everyone was talking about it, and I just hated it. I hated it so much, and, like... It made me feel the same way I felt when everyone was into Firefly, and I watched that, and I was like, I hate all of these characters. <laughs> I don't understand why anyone likes this. It's terrible. Uh, I don't know. I guess I just, I kind of like a Western, I guess. You're built different. Yeah, that's what everyone said about Firefly, too. <laughs> yeah, maybe you just don't like Westerns. Yeah. Yes, I like Westerns that aren't set in outer space. Fine. <laughs> Do you, though? Yeah. Now, he's still with Grogu. Is that true? Yes. Okay. Uh, but in, yes. A, in a in a like a marriage sense, they're they're with each other. No, well, no. Grogu's <laughs> much older than the Mandalorian. That would be gross. <laughs> hey, age is just a number. It's how you, young you feel. <laughs> gross. Uh, yeah, gross. Because <laughs> uh, based on nothing but just a, a feeling, I thought he 
returned Grogu to somewhere safe at the end of last season. But now yes. they're still on he, a mission to? Oh. He did. He gave. He was like, Grogu, you're going to go learn to be a Jedi from CGI head Luke Skywalker with AI voice. <laughs> um, and then in, halfway through the book of Boba Fett, the creators were like, God, this Boba Fett guy doesn't have a lot going on. Let's see what the Mandalorian's up to. And they had, they had like two or three episodes that were just resolving the plot where he goes and like gets Grogu back and Grogu's like, I don't want to be a Jedi. I'm addicted to the adrenaline. I need to have thrills. Yeah. He's like, I'm not a Jedi. I'm a Mandalorian foundling now. Mm Hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm no longer a boy DeLorean. Now I'm a Mandalorian. Yeah. Is that a joke? He had his... Uh, I can't make Bar Mitzvah and Mandalorian into a thing. I can't what about um, Bar Mitzvah and what is the species that Yodas are? We don't know the name of it. Oh, fuck off. It's just called Yoda's Species <laughs> on, on, Wiki- you... on Wikipedia. I like how... Oh, you Star Wars guys. <laughs> I like how someone like uh, J.R.R. Tolkien built the world and then put some characters in it, but George Lucas just had the characters, and when people are like, so Jabba the Hutt, is Hutt a species or a job? He's like, uh, he starts sweating, I don't know. <laughs> when he's on that. The Daily Show and Jon Stewart's like, what planet's Obi-Wan Kenobi from? And he says, oh, <laughs> Stu John. <laughs> and now that's canon? <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's how it happened. Oh my god, ridiculous. <laughs> There was a concept before Disney bought it called G-Canon, which was above the movies, where it's anything George Lucas said was true about Star Wars. So dumb. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Weird. I can't believe the Yodas don't have a species name. That's insane. There's only been like four of them. He's like the fourth most important character in the series. Yeah, but like, are you gonna ask him? Yeah. Didn't you try to say... <laughs> Didn't he try to say that Yoda was the name of the species at one point? Like he, I feel like he tried to say that, and people were like, "What?" And then he's like, "Oh, never mind." And then like didn't address it anymore. No, you're thinking of Yoshi. <laughs> Boshi, <laughs> good old Boshi. Yoshi mm. is the name of the species. There is no main Yoshi whose name is Yoshi. That would be crazy. That's true. But then how come Mario keeps uh, getting uh, into adventures with the green one and not any of the other colors? He does get into adventures mm. with the other colors. They all raised him in uh, Super Mario one. World 2 Yoshi's Island. They tr- trade from color to color. <laughs> but we only ever see the green one, though. No! Normally. That's because the other ones all died out after... I know in the, the games we see the other Yoshi's colors, Island. Jeff, but in I the see. promo materials, it's always that green one. Well, that's just racism. The, only the green <laughs> one is allowed to drive carts, you see, Louisa. Oh, okay. Also not true. You can choose your color of Yoshi in Mario Kart 8 <laughs> Deluxe Matte. Get him. Damn it. <laughs> I was con- no no, it's it's because I was confusing Yoshi's with Zelda's. Oh yeah. The that's only true. the green Zelda drives the, the motorcycle. <laughs> uh no, now you can be Breath of the Wild Zelda in Mario Kart. God damn it, Matt. Is that the blue Zelda? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wind fun. Waker was also technically a blue Zelda too, right? He had that long shirt. Okay. Uh, yeah, Who is the, this? The Which one? Pikmin? No. Wind Waker Link has oh. his lobster pajamas that the uh, champion's tunic is clearly based on. Yeah. Oh, I didn't 
Okay. I had never played that one because it was just so boring. <laughs> yeah, me either. But in the Breath of the Wild DLC, you can get those lobster pajamas and wear them. Oh, I really want the lobster pajamas as a real-life shirt, but I can only <laughs> find crappy ones for sale. Yeah, mm. it's a shame. You have to make your own hand-embroidered lobster pajamas. Mm-hmm. No. Wait, is that... Have we discovered the um, spring perfect phrase like we did for summer and fall? <laughs> Dumpy pumpkin and spaghetti water slide is hand embroidered lobster pajamas. The the spring one, maybe just uh, lobster pajamas probably. would be enough. Lobster pajamas like is that. very good. It is very good. good. That might be winter's phrase. It might be. I was yeah. I was trying to figure out whether I do associate pajamas with winter. Lobster mm-hmm. doesn't feel like a spring food. That feels like yeah, something you a have cold in a water. Cold area. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lobster pajamas. Yeah. yeah. Lobster pajamas is pretty good. It is pretty good. We've done it. Uh, okay, now we just need spring. <laughs> we'll get there. We can't force it. Yeah. Yeah. What's the show true. about? Discovering the perfect phrases for each season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do we do instead usually, though? <laughs> uh, we go to the WikiHow suggested articles page and enter in a random word so that we can see a list of articles people have requested related to that word, and then we tell people how to do those things. And today our word is fly. Hooray! Mm. We can teach we, Rocky how to fly. We, like Sugar Ray before us, mm-hmm. just want to fly, yeah. I guess. And the Foo Fighters will help us learn how to fly. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's true. Reference three separate songs, we did it. Put, um, put those songs at the end of the episode. Thanks. Okay, I will. <laughs> uh... Do you guys remember when that kid called him Sugar Gay and then he got all mad? <laughs> I don't. I remember hearing about it, but I don't know if it's true. I, there's a video of Is it there? if you want to see it. It's very funny. <laughs> I might have to look it up. It's great. Honestly, that's on him for being in the 90s and uh, choosing a stage name that rhymed with gay. Mm-hmm. I do think it's... I mean, I... Jeff, you might know this because you were exposed to, like, school-aged uh, people on a regular basis. When I was in school, I remember people being like, oh, well, you're gay, as like, oh, that's that's such an insult, you would never want to be called that. I feel like now that, you know, homophobia is, I mean, I guess it, in the terrible parts of the country, it's still very bad, but, like... If you're not a terrible person, if somebody was like, hey, you're gay, I'd be like, I'm not, but okay, I don't care. <laughs> like, You're wrong. That's Te- just a- teenagers are still extremely homophobic. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Do they still use it as an insult? Yes. Mm, it's um, wild. Although I think, Cause... like, I don't think they beat each other up about it, but, mm. like, the boys are still very, like, uh avoidant of seeming gay or being yeah. called gay or even though there the are openly queer uh, teenagers at school. The thing that's crazy about this to me is that now as an adult, when I find out that someone is gay, I instantly like them more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're, you're like, every time that I watch a Jeopardy contestant that's just a straight white man that looks like a nobody, like like a cookie cutter catalog model i'm like i hate this guy and then when he's like my husband i'm like this is my favorite jeopardy contestant of all time (laughs) you should have been able to tell by the fact that he was on jeopardy and good looking (laughs) well (laughs) yeah i don't know there are a lot 
there are a lot of weird military guys that kind of look like Ken dolls and are good looking in a sense where I don't find them attractive, but I think most people would. Uh, I do feel like if you meet someone and yes, they are gay or they're queer in some way that you kind of feel like, oh, good. We're probably, even though I've just met you, we're probably never going to have a conversation where you're like, oh, fucking kids today and their pronouns. And I have to be like, oh, God. That's true. This yes, a that is true. Yeah. This is why I don't want to talk to any of my neighbors at yes. my new house. Is because I'm just like, <laughs> if one of these people is like, haha, yeah, so you're voting for Trump, huh? I'm going to have to burn my house down. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, you burned their house down, dummy. There we go. Ooh, that's the dream. Uh, how to fly a DME arc. What does that mean? Probably some kind of plane. A lot of these are how to fly different kinds of planes, <laughs> yeah. and I feel like they're all pretty much the same. How to fly an NDB a... approach. Another uh, initialism. Well, I hey, assume... it's no, it's no dig beal. Because the first one, <laughs> the first one isn't all capitalized. I assumed it was a misprint of a dome arc, which I still don't know what it is. But that seems like more of a real that thing. Makes... That makes me think of those 50s concept arts of hovercrafts. Oh my god, like, yes! Y- your whole house could float on a cushion of air. And there's just a big glass bubble on top and it cooks you yeah. like a little hot dog in there. <laughs> mm, yeah, cook me like a little hot dog. <laughs> mm, cook right me like one of your bubble. French hot dogs. <laughs> oh my god, if you gave a French person a hot dog, they would die instantly. <laughs> They'd be yeah. like, sacre bleu. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day in relation to Buddy Velastro, who you may know as the Cake Boss. Cake Boss. Yeah, you can't arrest him. He's the Cake Boss. (laughs) Is Italian-American the only culture that is so belligerently, like, identifying with their heritage and also so disconnected from their heritage? Mm, I would say Irish also. Yeah, Irish-American also. In in the Boston way. Yeah. yeah, you just yeah. have that just, uh, that was... Jersey prejudice because you see more Italian Americans disconnected from their culture. <laughs> I was watching a video that had a bunch of clips from Cake Boss, and he's so like, "Hey, I'm fucking Italian. Here's my cannolis. It's, it's Italian." And I just thought, like, if a real Italian person yeah. had to eat these floppy. <laughs> like cornstarch filled shitty cakes they'd be like this is an embarrassment (laughs) yeah i think about that too it's also very weird how both the irish and the italian americans are invested in a cultural identity of being catholic without doing any of the things you're supposed to do if you're catholic that feels like a great catholic tradition though (laughs) i feel like all of the history of catholicism has been like yeah, we're Catholic, but we don't want to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'm just culturally yeah. Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Although then there are people in, like, Central America who, you know, starve themselves for 70 days because of their love of the of the Virgin Mary or whatever. So, yeah, maybe it is just a terrible white Europeans thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Devotion to your religion seems like uh, something that... You largely escape when you have a certain amount of, like, social status. Yeah. But I know so many people who would be like, well, yes, I'm definitely Catholic. And they'd be like, well, you don't go to church except Christmas and Easter. You are on birth control. You eat meat on Fridays. Like, you don't do any of the Catholic things. But still, they would never hesitate to say they're Catholic. It's weird It's because they don't want to be Episcopalian. I guess so. Which is when it's you like the aesthetics. they don't want their grandmother to be mad at them is why. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, culturally, yeah. yeah. 
I'm uh, I'm cult I'm culturally non-practicing Catholic. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Deranged, but I think that a lot of people would uh, unironically agree with that characterization. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Bartolo Velastro Jr. (laughs) Oh, no. Yikes. How to fly fish with nymphs. You need to go to an enchanted grove Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, guys, who wants to go fishing? And you need to bring in, like, a six-pack of beer because they will not provide their own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they'll be like, why don't you come into the water for a minute first? It's really nice. And don't Mm -hmm. fall for that. Yeah, no. Where Where do you find these really stylish fish, though? Because we're trying to find fly fish, right? Yeah, that's true. Well, I think the nymphs will probably know. Unless they're wood nymphs. And then they can only help you find stylish... uh, Boners? Bears. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Uh, Uh, I would like to meet a stylish bear, though. I guess all bears are pretty stylish. Oh, uh, the cocaine bear was quite stylish, I thought, in the film Cocaine Bear. There's no way... Have you ever met a human on cocaine? They are the opposite of stylish. <laughs> well, the cocaine bear would uh, sometimes run really fast because of the cocaine superpowers. So mm-hmm. that's stylish to me. No one with superpowers is stylish. Can we all agree on this? Interesting. What about controversial? Batman? Oh, he doesn't have superpowers. What about the Flash? He's not stylish. He I mean, maybe when he's pajamas. not being the Flash. Yeah. No, like, not Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin has some good uh, yeah, fits good. on on that show, but like his he shouldn't costume sucks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, there's a lot of these are how to fly in video games, so how to fly in Battlefield Two, Kingdom Hearts Two, mm-hmm. San Andreas, and then how to fly on Gears of War, mm-hmm. and on, to, how to fly on you, Halo Two. Do you fly on gears like uh, like a surfboard? Like a silver yeah, Gears of War is actually a steampunk fantasy video game. Yeah, your 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 airship, the Gears of War. <laughs> oh, that'd yeah. be awesome. That'd be a good as hell Ooh, name cool. for like a Final Fantasy thing. <laughs> no, actually, your character's name is War, mm. uh, and it's all about how you use gears to solve puzzles. Damn it! Are we inventing to... Darksiders too? I think we're inventing Professor Layton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Goth pretty Professor much. Layton. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now no, that's a game evil, I would play. The evil Professor Layton. Now we're just writing a Tim Burton movie. Ooh, Professor Layton Origins, directed by Tim Burton, starring mm-hmm. uh, Tim, Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> oh god, it would be Timothy Chalamet, wouldn't it? Ugh. But Johnny Depp would be in there somewhere. Maybe, Maybe. depending on whether his uncancellation of himself is successful. <laughs> Johnny Depp would be the boy sidekick Luke <laughs> that Professor Layton yes. works with. <laughs> Be this is a good idea. Yeah, actually, they, no, they like just this. do it all forced perspective. No CGI. Oh yeah, he's just kneeling down. He still looks like he's a... just standing very far away. <laughs> he still looks like a bloated sixty-year-old drunk. But yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, uh, what is a spinnaker? <laughs> it's part of a boat. I know it's part of a boat. And then I don't. Uh, how do you fly one? Is it that part that makes it so your sails point the right way? Is it a flag? Is it the flag part of a boat? Well, there is a question on here, how to fly flags. Oh, God. I feel like flying flags is pretty easy because you clip it to the the rope part of your flagpole and then you, like, run it up there. But I feel like letting a freak flag fly would be harder because mm. I, it wouldn't be the right shape. Okay. Okay. Uh, a spinnaker is the sail that lets you fly in the direction of the wind. Aha! Uh-huh. 
So I think that's you, what I said, kind of. So how do you fly one? You just put one up, and then yeah. it will do the rest, right? It has to be a, basically a dome. Uh, and Ooh, a dome arc. Point it, yeah. Well, you do have to, I think, point point your boat in the direction of the wind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what you're supposed in, to do, right? In order to be for a good the sailor. Sail well, yeah. no, because there are sails. That's what they say: is that going into a headwind is the easiest way to sail. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. There yes. are sails that let you sail against the wind or at an angle to the wind. Mm-hmm. That's why, like a spinnaker. That's why. We, no, they. It's the same. Uh, no, that's why we. Uh, that's why we white people are in North America is because they discovered sails that would let you fly uh, against, like not just where the wind was pointing you, mm-hmm. and it let, they, let them sail like across the ocean. Boats. Like you, you put fire into a steam engine in a paddle boat. Paddle boats. What? Yep. That's how you go against the wind is with a paddle wheel. No, no, probably that wouldn't get slowly. you across the ocean, though. While you're playing some ragtime jazz. Mm, I mean, you'd need to stop and get more wood halfway, probably. More jazz musicians when they're tired out. <laughs> yes, more gin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from the wo- from the ocean, from the middle of yeah. the ocean. Exactly. Excuse yeah. me, Mr. Iceberg, can you point me in the direction of the nearest liquor store? Well, if Mr. you scoop Iceberg, out seawater... Good name for a Batman villain. <laughs> There's so many ice-related ones already. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> Mr. Freeze, the Penguin. Uh, Killer, Killer Frost. Killer Frost, I guess, has probably fought Batman. Definitely, yes. She was in that the name always League. bothered me, because... Yeah, she was. A Killer Frost kills, like, little plants. It doesn't kill people. It's not, like, that dangerous. Yeah, but it's a pun. Yeah, I don't like Killer it. Killer is in it. Yeah, Uh, she does start going by Frost at one point when she forsakes her criminal past. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's the dumbest part of the Flash TV show. Is like, oh right, I forgot she's on there too and becomes good. Yeah, the the fact that it's like multiple personality thing, but not done well. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I want also. It's wild how every. like super powered character on the flash has that cw makeover <laughs> where they've got that they look like they're going to prom yeah, yeah. love that uh how i want to meet the person who's going to WikiHow and typing in how do i fly a fighter jet <laughs> like do you have one Oh, that'd be cool. You're, you're probably getting into some drunken argument. You're like, all right, no, I'm going to check the internet about this. I you're bet wrong. I could fly a fighter jet. I bet I'm sober enough. Friggin' Tom Cruise did it. Why couldn't I? Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I would assume most of these plane ones are for one of those flight simulator games, but they don't specify. So. All I'm saying is that I drank a whole case of Stella Artois, and I love the song Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. I bet I could fly a fighter jet right now. <laughs> Stella Artois is too classy. Don't you think you'd have to fly the Concorde or something, right? That's... Mm, I don't know. Do you guys know that I Tom like Cruise Stella... learned to fly a jet for that new Top Gun? I'm not surprised. I didn't know that, but I am not surprised. The other actors are just in the jet being uh, driven around, but he was like, no, I need to fly it myself for the fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they gave him a jet and he just left with it and he never came back. <laughs> Crashed right into the ground. They had to replace him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise always seems like he's elaborately trying to die so someone can get the insurance money, but I don't know <laughs> how that's meant to work. Uh, it does seem that way, though. You're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Suspicious. Suspicious. Yep. Yep. 
And finally, oh, all I was going to say earlier was, with all of these ones about flying in video games, every video game should let you fly if you do something, right? Like, there should be Mm -hmm. an unlock that lets you fly in every game. A cheat code at least. Yes. Any open world game, imagine just flying unlimited over that open world. Oh my god. I feel like that's kind of what happens in my dreams all the time, where I'll be like, oh, I guess I could just fly, and then I do, and I want that in at least in the video games that I'm in. Oh my god, my dreams will have a part where I'm like, I kind of like jump and hover a little bit above the ground, but like, I don't go particularly fast, and I'm like... And lately, the weird thing's been happening where in the dream, I'm like, oh, this is like what happens in my dreams, but now it's happening for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was I like, I, I could use that to, think- to identify when I'm in a dream, but now I can't. Yeah. I always have the thing where I can jump and hover a little bit in my dream, but then when I try to show someone, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Do you guys ever have that one? Yes, I've had that. I've also had what Jeff said, but it's usually nightmares where I'm like, uh, my car's on fire. Oh my god, this is like when I had that dream about my car being on fire, but now it's really happening for real. My car's yeah, that on fire. To me a lot where I'm, <laughs> that happens to be a lot in dreams where I'm married to one of my terrible ex-girlfriends, <laughs> and then I'm like, why did I do this? This is like something that would happen in a dream. Yep. It's uh, very bad that your brain can do that to you, to be like, you know how you thought this was happening? Now it's real, but it's still not real. I don't like that the dreams are one step ahead of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It feels like in, not to bring it back to video games, but it feels like in video games when they're like, well, to get out of this room, you have to shoot this guy. And then when you get out of the room, they're like, don't you feel bad for shooting that guy? And it's like, you made me do it. You told me I had to. It's a video game. It's fun to shoot guys. The game literally wouldn't progress until I did it. Yeah. Terrible. And finally... Well, you did that already. <laughs> how to fly in BF2. No, not um, that one. <laughs> how to fly power Why? kites. Yeah, I was going to say, there's so many about oh. flying a kite. What are, what's a power oh, kite? Fine. That rules. Yeah. Is it an electric kite? Oh, man. I feel like that you'd call it like that cheating. if it was. Isn't that just a drone, but you've tied a string to it? <laughs> a drone made of cloth. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if if you could make drones more energy efficient if they had kite elements to them. Maybe, but it would be hard to do anything that, like, taking photos or videos, it would be hard to do any of that if it's just whipping around wherever. Yeah, but if it's got a little motor on it and a remote control, you could, like, use do it like an airplane where it's got, like, flaps... <laughs> Yeah, it'll have a bunch I, of flaps. On. You don't know how airplanes work, unfortunately. You know how airplanes work. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> like that. Scientists have no idea how airplanes fly. Oh, it should be crazy. impossible. I mean, that's just not true. Yeah, I know <laughs> what you're saying is not doing true. the bees thing. <clears throat> yeah, I do, do like bees. flying a kite at the beach because yeah, that's go fly a kite. The windiest place mm-hmm. in the world, but it is so hard to get a kite up in the air. Oh man. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid running along and holding a kite above my head to try to get it to go up, and that can't be the right way, right? That doesn't seem like that's how it should work. You're supposed to know exactly when to let it go in what way is the problem. When you're a kid, you have no idea. You know those big... (laughs) No, stop it, Jeff. What's happening, Jeff? (laughs) I was just getting us copyright striked by Disney. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, you know those big, like, cannons that they make for kids where you pull back a membrane? (laughs) Listen to me. Where you pull back a membrane and it shoots, like, a ball of air out of it? 
Could you use that as like a as like a jump start for your kite? Could you use that to shoot down other people's kites? Oh god, I don't think it would stay together <laughs> that far, but I love where your head's I want to build one of those, but it's a sniper rifle with a little tiny like the ball of air is like a golf ball size instead of like a soft That's softball not how size. air works though. <laughs> mm, the it... only reason that I mean like the once you stand one step further away from that air cannon, it doesn't feel like anything anymore. Yeah, I'm saying we need to uh, improve the technology. But making it smaller is going to make it fall apart faster. If anything, you'd need to make it bigger make if it, you wanted it to go further. Make it more powerful, but smaller. Condense it. Use pressurized no, air. No, that's, that's not how I... Even pressurized air falls apart very quickly. Mm, what if we freeze the air? Okay, now I like this. Yeah, shoot I was just reading the new. <laughs> I was just reading the new Randall Monroe book about um, uh, Randall Monroe's the guy who does XKCD, and he's written a couple of books called What If. I'm reading the new one. God, what is this? Uh, the third or fourth one now? It's the second one. Oh, really? Hmm. Yep, he's done a, a few like other ones, but this is the second What If. Huh. And one of the questions in it was, "What if uh, you had a." Uh, an object that was absolute zero in your house. Oh, no. What would happen? Uh, and he was like, as long as you didn't stand too near it, it would just be very cold in your house all the time. But oxygen that hit the side of it would turn into liquid oxygen immediately and would catch fire if it touched anything flammable. Oh, man. Whoa. So you'd need to keep it away from that stuff. I so. I, th- I read the first one of those, or I think I listened to the audio version of it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem likely. There's a lot of diagrams, but anyway, um, the the one that sticks with me is the like if you opened up a drain at the bottom of the ocean and then like mm-hmm. exploring uh, if the drain like let out on Mars or on the moon or mm-hmm. yeah, oh, fun. If if it was taking oxygen out of the air, could you eventually die in your house because it had used up all the oxygen or what? That's the dream. He did talk about how people who work with liquid nitrogen have to wear respirators because oh, the nitrogen evaporates and fills the space, pushing the oxygen out of it. Mm. So something similar might happen where your liquid oxygen... The, the liquid other gases in the atmosphere would evaporate faster than the oxygen, mm-hmm. so the oxygen levels in the room would drop precipitously if you were too close to them, mm-hmm. to the to this absolute zero object. Oh, man. Anyway, it's a very good book if you like this kind of thing. Let's make um, our whole show about that stuff instead. <laughs> Just speculation I mean, we're on not anywhere near as smart as Randall Monroe. He's, is he smart or is he just good at research? Is there a difference? Both. Hmm. Good question. The first question in this new book is, what would happen if our solar system was full of soup? And it's very interesting. <laughs> what kind of soup? Is that important? <laughs> they do go into it. He talks about if it's tomato soup, then it like the then acidity of it might be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> if it's French onion he soup, actually, talks... that makes everything better. Mm. He also talks about how if there's, like, if it's our solar system, but instead of space, there's soup... Is it inherently noodle soup because all of the noodles on Earth are in it? Much to think about. Yeah, right? (laughs) Also, he said if you were on the surface of the Earth, you'd be crushed instantly. But if you were in the space between planets, you would probably survive for like half an hour. Hmm. Uh, Does he tell us how to fly a trick kite? Um, You just have to uh, put 
ground up glass on the string so you can cut the strings of other kites? Is that what happens in Doug? Yeah, I was going to say, I saw people talking about that not that long ago. It was, it was Doug or something like that. Four kids. That, about I know there was an kite. episode of Doug where everyone at school was flying kites and Doug was jealous. So his dad got him a kite, but his kite was boring and everyone was like, your kite's stupid, Doug. You should feel bad. Yeah, that's and Doug, Doug all felt right. bad. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happens on every episode of Doug. And then Doug's dad was like, oh, well, I just got you what I thought was the coolest kite because this is a fighter kite and it can cut the strings of other kites. And then he does. Pretty good. And he kills everyone else at school's kites. Pretty good. <clears throat> so that's the lesson for you kids, I guess. Mm-hmm. Destroy other people's stuff whenever they make fun of you. <clears throat> that's the lesson of our show today. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. And please let your friends know about the show so we can continue to grow. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can join our Discord. You just have to drop us a message on Mastodon. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I'm not online anywhere. WeaponizedLanguage.com has past versions of me talking about stuff weaponized language.com is just a hologram the real weaponized language.com is the friends we made along the way the real weaponized language.com died 50 years ago this very night who who told you that name where did you hear that name weaponized (laughs) language.com that's my website's name too I have this letterman's jacket that says weaponizedlanguage.com across the back of it, but I found it draped across a gravestone. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why I have this lunchbox that says weaponizedlanguage.com, and one of the characters has his sleeves tied in knots on the front of it. Mm-hmm. I bought this video game from a from a garage sale, and when I booted it up, Link was dead, and his uh, uh, carved into his forehead was the words weaponizedlanguage.com. Yeah. This is some good viral marketing. <laughs> uh, oh, if any of our fans want to make any of those images, <laughs> please yeah. do. Uh, uh, you can talk to me online, regular style, at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Suspicious right, use of regular. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear about mm-hmm. your ideas about weaponizedlanguage.com murders. Thank you. We get to talk normal style here, and it's not suspicious. Welcome to the Normal Podcast, where normal people talk about normal things. All right, well, thanks everyone for listening to our show instead of that one. If you want to come back next week, please do. But in the meantime, do not forget that everything I've said is correct. I don't know if people are into it. Yeah, I'm the best around. <laughs>